0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 173 of The Yacking Show. Yes, we're creeping closer to that magical 200. We'll soon be there. And this is the show that awakens you to new perspectives for the changing world we're living in. We, we aim to bring you a bit of entertainment, a bit of enlightenment, and hopefully a bit of education on matters about business and life in general. Uh, It's not my job to introduce guests. We always have interesting guests. Today will be no exception, but Kathleen does that a lot better than I do. So first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that intro. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Brandon Lebowitz. Hello, Brandon. Welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to being a guest on the show today
1: excellent that's now good. Brandon you are uh, you founded SEO optimizers that's a digital marketing company that helps small to medium-sized businesses and we'll delve into that in just a moment but first for our audience can you give us a little bit about your background and how you developed a passion for SEO optimization
2: yeah I um just kind of fell into the digital marketing sphere I got my degree in business marketing and when I graduated back in 2007 the first job I got was doing digital marketing helping out a company doing pretty much all aspects of their digital marketing and I didn't really know much about it they said don't worry we don't know much about either which was interesting (laughs) like we're gonna take like (laughs) classes and workshops and learn with you which I was like all right let me check this out wasn't my first choice I wanted to do more kind of traditional marketing like creating like billboards or magazine ads and things like that. But that was the first job I was offered. I was like, let me check it out. And kind of just realized that I feel like everyone's going to have a website in the future. And this digital marketing thing seems like it's probably the way to go. And with SEO, search engine optimization, it's a way to get free traffic. So I was just like, all right. I have all the Because I was helping out with social media, doing email marketing, running paid ads. But SEO, I just realized was a free traffic source and also realized that I could just pick up clients here and there and have a kind of like a freelance business so that also kind of piqued my interest because I always had a little entrepreneurial spirit so both those things caught my attention and just kept going with it ever since
0: Excellent. Very good. Very good. So you you started in 2007, and that was actually in the early days of of digital marketing. I mean, digital marketing was still in its infancy back then, right? So we're now in 2022. So in those 15 years, what major changes have you seen? How has it developed?
2: It's changed a lot, and it's always changing. That's one thing is it's never the same. Google's always changing their algorithm, trying to just clean up spam. So providing better search results. Also back in 2007, there weren't as many websites, so there's less competition with mm-hmm. digital marketing and SEO. It's not really, we're not trying to beat Google. We're just trying to beat those 10 websites on that first page of Google. So we're just trying to figure out how much SEO have they done and how can we do a better job? And now that there's more competition, it becomes more work. So that's one big thing. Also social media just taking off and really exploding and we'll have to see what happens in the future but for now. Everything really seems to be around like social media and Google. Google just kind of runs everything and social media connects people. And those two just seem like they're not going anywhere anytime soon, but who knows what's going to happen in the future.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure.
2: You're right. Huge changes.
1: Yeah. And um, so tell us about the services that you provide your clients.
2: So I mainly help out with getting them ranked on Google. So when you search on Google or any search engine, you'll see there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads. But right below the ads is the organic, the SEO search engine optimization. And that's where I try to get people ranked in the organic listings. So when you're searching on Google, Google just doesn't show websites. There's images that show up there. So we optimize all your images, videos appear there. So if you have any videos, we'd optimize those. For your local business, a map appears. So just trying to take as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google. Also help out with ads, but I prefer not to run ads just because they're expensive. And once you stop running ads, you just disappear, which unfortunately with SEO, I mean, with SEO, it's the opposite. With SEO, you stop running, do an SEO. You're not just gonna disappear. Over time, your competitors are gonna do more SEO than you've done and try to outrank you, but you're not just gonna disappear. So that's why I prefer the organic more.
1: So further Mm -hmm. to that, Brandon, can you give our audience a little bit about what tips that they could do to help with their SEO optimization? I, I know that it's different from having a professional do it for them, but if you know if 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 there's any one or two tips that you can provide them that uh, might make a difference to them immediately.
2: That's some easy things that everyone could do without being tech savvy or no encoding is just adding content to your website, text. So Google really needs text. Content is what Google feeds off. The more content you have, the better. And this can mean just creating a blog on your website and updating that blog once a month. Or if you're doing a podcast, transcribing that podcast or timestamping it because Google can't really, or YouTube can't really understand images or videos yet. They're getting better, but they still have trouble. Like if you upload a video to YouTube, I'll try to do the subtitles or the closed captions, but it doesn't always get it proper. You still have to go in there and fix it. So yeah. Google needs you to really give them as much content as possible. Sure. The more content you put on every page on your website, the better. And a blog is just another way to add more content and target sure. more keywords because each page can only target about three to five keywords. After that it kind of loses relevancy. So the more pages, the better off you're going to be, the more blogs, the more content, just don't hold back and, that one's something I feel like everyone can do. Just make sure it's original content. You can't copy it from one page to another. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise it becomes duplicated content and Google will actually penalize you. So instead of ranking higher, right. you drop down, which we don't want that to happen at all.
1: So in terms right. of log length, is there a magic number?
2: So that just really comes down to kind of what you're... So on average, it's about 400 words, but it really comes down to the competition. So I would tell everyone, go search in Google for the keyword that you want to rank for and see so who's on that first page of Google and open up all those pages mm-hmm. and see how much content they have on each page. If everyone's writing a hundred words, then you only need to maybe put 200 words.
1: Mm-hmm. But if
2: everyone's writing 4,000 words, maybe you need to put 4,500 words. So, cause you wanna do a little bit more than everyone. You don't need to go crazy. Like 400 is just the average, but and it's, it's not one size fits all with SEO. Every website's different. Every business is different. And we're not trying to beat Google. We're just trying to figure out who's on that first page of Google and how much SEO have they done. That's really all that it comes down to for the most part.
0: Good. Right. So you mentioned timestamping. Now, I'm trying to connect the dots in my mind. How does timestamping help Google on a video? So
2: so if you timestamp it and you put the text in the description. Ah, okay.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you.
2: Yeah, Google needs the text. So timestamp, because if you're trying to transcribe a 30-minute or an hour-long podcast, you can do it, but it might be really tough or expensive to do, whereas time stamping that might be better because people aren't going to want to read a 30-minute podcast or an hour-long podcast. There's going to be a lot of text, but the timestamps gives them, it's like a table of contents. It's like, oh, this is what I'm interested in, chapter five or whatever it may be. And quickly lets them jump there, but also helps for SEO too, because Google reads that text, but also helps for people because people want to kind of maybe jump around and say, all right, I want to... Or they were listening and they forgot, oh, I was listening to this one section. I want to jump back to it. And that timestamp will help the user. Right, back to
0: it. right. So, okay. So you would pull out the most relevant points of say in a 30 minute video, you pull out maybe five or six and and put a timestamp and a little sentence or two with a keyword in it for each one of them. Got it. Now that's, yep. that's, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. So now you're, you're pre- sort of preaching to the converted with Kathleen and myself and a lot of our audience, but. We have uh, a lot of our audience are business people, entrepreneurs who are not actually familiar with SEO at all. They sort of hear about it and think, well, I better get better at it, but I actually need to make product or sell stuff. So for those who are unfamiliar, explain a little bit more about the SEO term and what it entails.
2: So SEO is that search engine optimization. So optimizing your website for the different search engines, whether it's Google or Any of the other ones out there, Bing, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, Kojia. But all those bring in such a tiny amount of traffic. It doesn't really compare to what Google brings in. Google just dominates and brings in, when I've looked over the years, probably like 20 to 60% of the traffic. Bing will bring about 1%. Yahoo, about 1%. The rest will come from like social media, email marketing, paid ads, or people just typing website in directly. Uh There's a bunch of other ways, but Google just brings into the majority of the traffic, it's kind of crazy. Sure.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and, and so Google is obviously the one you've got to be attractive to, for sure. And and uh, we can get onto your services a bit more later, but for those, again, who are not familiar with the term, uh, the SEO involves all sorts of things you should be doing on your website and in your marketing to get the Google's attention, right? Which includes okay. key, keywords and, and things like that. Great. Uh, I think another important one is don't try and cheat the system, which used to be the black hat stuff, which was prevalent back in when you started in before 2010, people got up to all sorts of nasty tricks, but Google has got smarter than most of those people. Haven't they over the years?
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Google, like I was saying with the duplicate content one, that one's a big one that came out I think in like 2011 or 2013, but these are like constantly updated because Google prides itself on a good user experience imagine you're searching on google like i don't know how to clean my car like do myself how to wash my car for the same 10 articles appear on that first page of google it's not a good user experience like i want other perspectives and other points of view so whoever published the content first they get yeah. all the credit but there's a lot of things that people have done to trick google over the years like i was saying earlier you want to put about 400 words of content on every single page on your website which most people are going to be like i don't want to put that much content to make it look ugly but People in the past would hide it. Like if their website background was white, they would put in white font and like font size 0.001. Mm-hmm. All this key text and content and keywords, which is very spammy. I always tell people, throw the content at the very bottom of your page. Most people aren't going to scroll down to the bottom of your page, but just don't hide it. Don't put in like font size 0.001. Put the bottom That's page. Right. And just think about it. how often do you scroll down to the very bottom of the website not too often sometimes but the majority of people don't really scroll down but google reads top to
0: bottom and top to bottom to do that. absolutely absolutely mm. and then it, but you also still have to find a balance between writing to optimize um for seo and also for your real readers who are actually reading that content you don't want to make it so good for seo that it's boring for people to read you've got to have a balance there correct
2: Yeah, that's why I always tell people throw at the very bottom of the page because at the top of the page, so whatever you see when you look at a website, that's called above the fold. I always tell people that's where you need like a strong value proposition, just like Mm -hmm. a one sentence tagline or what's in it for the person. Let them know the benefits. Strong call to action. All has to be above the fold. Makes it really simple, minimal. Less is better nowadays, especially on mobile. But then at the very bottom of the page where most people aren't going to scroll is going to be that big block of text or you can break it up into sections it doesn't just have to be 400 words all at once which i tell people break it up make it more easy but just realize that most people aren't going to read it because it's so far down so mm-hmm. it's more for google but definitely mm-hmm. whatever you see at the top is so very important you have to optimize your website for conversions because once you get traffic to your website if your website's not optimized for conversions you're not going to get that that sale that lead that phone call that email whatever sure. that goal sure. is and that's ultimately what it all comes down to is getting those conversions. So conversion rate optimization is a big aspect of digital marketing that not many people really focus on. Is like a yeah, yeah. testing and trying to see how to get those conversions up because there's no perfect website. Every website should be tested and constantly be tested against. And even Amazon, they're testing all day long, every single day, split testing and seeing what's working to get more conversions because making slight changes to your website Might not seem like a big deal, maybe like changing the word add to cart to buy now, but it has a significant impact on conversion rate.
0: Sure, sure, sure. I like the analogy, and it's not original. I heard it somewhere else that someone said go back to the pre digital days. And if you're walking down the street in your town or city and the storefront display is totally unattractive, you're not going to go through the door into the shop. And if you don't go into the shop, they've got zero chance of you buying anything from them, right? So if they aren't attracted by your website, then uh, you've got no chance or they don't even get to the website. Okay, that's enough for me. Kathleen, back to you.
1: So can you walk us through the process that you initially take when a client calls you up and they ask for your help? What, What process do you go through?
2: So I have to really kind of dive into the right a little bit and see what's going on because I have to see how much SEO they've done and then I have to kind of look at some of their competitors and see how much SEO the competition's doing, but it really comes down to what are called backlinks. Getting other websites to talk about you. The more third-party sites that mention your company name as a clickable link, the more trust Google has and the higher they're going to rank you. So Google started back when they first started had their algorithm based off backlinks. It's still based primarily off backlinks to the state it's changed a lot how they look at them, but It is primarily based off backlinks. So Mm -hmm. I always look at my competitor or look at their backlinks and then look at their competitors' backlinks and see what the disconnect is. How many backlinks do they have versus a competition? And how do we fill that gap? In the past, it used to be a numbers game. If I had 100 backlinks and you had 200 backlinks, you would rank higher than me. But Mm -hmm. Google's changed their algorithm a lot. Back in 2011, they made their Penguin algorithm update saying we're looking at low-quality backlinks and we're not going to count them. So Google's looking at the quality not the quantity. And quality backlink to Google is really just a website that's related to you and authoritative, but relevancy is really, really important. You don't want just some random website linking out to Mm -hmm. you. Like if you're a doctor and you're getting a backlink from a restaurant, that doesn't make sense to Google. Google would want, if you're a doctor, other health-related websites, WebMD, maybe Wikipedia, maybe like Google Maps, Yellow Pages, MapQuest. But the more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google's going to give to you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and there's some, I would say, somewhat disreputable people who make a living from unsuspecting businessmen by selling a service to provide backlinks. And most of those fall in the category that they're not very relevant. I, I suspect. Am I right in that one?
2: You have to be careful. What the backlinks are the one thing where it's easy enough to make sure your content's original, yeah. like you're not having duplicate content, but the backlinks, if you build the wrong type of backlinks, it's going to do more harm than good. And it's sure. really tricky. Like the backlinks are very, very tricky. You have to be careful because like you said, there's too many ways to like people promoting backlinks where anything that seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Like if you're going on yeah. a site like Fiverr or something like that to buy backlinks, those are <laughs> low quality sites that fortunately are going to drop you down in rankings and you're going to lose a lot of traffic and, it's tough sure. to get Google to retrust trust you. So you have to be very, very careful with the backlinks.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. I see those emails quite frequently and think, well, I'm sure people fall for this, but I'm not going to. That's for sure. Back to you, Kathleen. Oh, no, I was going to ask you. Sorry, I forgot. I nearly forgot. You, you got into podcasting and, and videos. So What made you get into that um, side of the business? Well,
2: I've been doing SEO or teaching classes. Since like 2013, my friend and I started uh-huh. doing them, and back in well, when the pandemic hit, couldn't do classes in person, yep. so realized yep. let me just do webinars, and I would do them on Zoom and Zoom and record the audio and video. I really, I could just take the audio and throw it up and make it into a podcast. I could take the video, throw it up on YouTube as kind of classes because all my classes were free. So I was like, let me just mm-hmm. give them out. Well, some are paid, but most of them are free. I just gave them all out and. Threw them up on the podcasting networks as well, and just shared them with, trying to just spread the word as much as possible. So, kind of just fell into it, and yeah, nowadays it seems like it's such a big thing. Everyone, oh, it's jumped. huge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. huge, it's huge. So, right. it's important. Jump in sooner than later. Anyone that's thinking about doing a podcast, I would say do it now. Don't worry, don't hesitate, just jump on, and you'll see. It does work, and it's great.
0: Yeah, but but unfortunately, a lot of people jump in thinking it's easy. They watch a few podcasts, and, well, wow, I can do that. Yeah, they can. They don't realize how much work, as Kathleen said earlier. We, we costed it out, uh, not that we did it for money sort of thing, but just to see, and between us, it's five-person hours, man-hours, woman-hours for every video, between – you know vetting guests setting it up and then the editing it's five hours per per episode that that's a fairly big time commitment yeah, so a lot of people don't realize that yeah so so on your podcast do you mainly do informative podcasts you interview guests as well
2: no it was just me kind of teaching my classes so i would okay. teach my classes that some of these classes would be like six hour classes and i would just section it off and break it off into like a 40 minute little podcast uh-huh. or mm. class but because i was during the pandemic or the beginning of it, i was like every week i'll just do a webinar on a different topic a different class which someone told me like five years ago i should do webinars and i was like i don't think i should do webinars i'm like i like to do them in person but yeah. do like i want to do a hybrid but i can do them back in person again because doing it online with the webinar lets people come anywhere in the world because i'm in los angeles right. and my classes would be like on a weekday at 7 p.m. in downtown LA. Nobody wants to drive out there. I would still get like 50 or 100 people that show up in person, but when I do them online on webinars, I can get people all over the world that show up. It makes it a lot better. So I feel like doing the hybrid status in the future is something I'm gonna hopefully be able to do soon. I haven't been able to do them in person yet, but we'll see whenever that can happen again. But definitely, yeah, it's a little weird. Mine, mine are more classes, but I'm thinking about potentially switching over, doing some interviews and things like that because
0: I kind of ran
2: out of topics to talk yeah. about it. Talk yeah. about all the topics I could think of that are related to digital marketing. I've taught all my classes. So if they go on YouTube and search my name, they'll find all those videos up
0: there. Yeah, right. very good.
1: And I well, know on your website that you get into some success stories. Why don't you tell our audience a little about those?
2: Yeah, so with the SEO, uh, they could see that I've been doing it for like past 15 years, so worked with a lot of clients over the years and would watch them kind of grow. Some take a little bit longer than others with the SEO because it comes down to how much SEO they've done in the past and how much competition they have. But some websites that are a little bit more established need a couple tweaks and they just see an instant growth and skyrocketing of those rankings. And they could see that in some testimonials on my websites where I was able to double, sometimes quadruple people's traffic within. A couple months i mean seo does take time it's not immediate but sometimes things happen a little bit quicker mm-hmm. nobody knows how google's algorithm works it's kind of top secret and it changes every single day so nobody knows oh doing this is gonna just shoot you up those rankings but if you do the right things and send the right signals to google google once they see them will reward you with higher rankings sometimes it's quicker sometimes it's longer but overall you'll see that positive trend in google analytics or google search console which are two free tools from Google that let you track your data. Because I always tell people you need to track. If you're not tracking your data, you really just kind of blindly go and edit. And this data is free. And it helps you make statistically informed decisions about what you want to do with your product, your services, which blog posts get the most traffic, which podcasts get the most traffic, how long do people listen to these podcasts, or how long do people read your blog posts, or tells you a wealth of information. And the data is there for you. So I always tell people you gotta be tracking because if not, Mm -hmm. you're just guessing. And that's one thing a lot of business owners don't really have set up is tracking or utilizing their tracking because data is invaluable. People spend tens of thousands of dollars to get people's data and you have that data right there. You just need to take advantage of it and start playing around with it.
0: We're guilty of exactly that. We have Google uh, Search Console. I spent some time on it, nowhere near enough time. And when I do, I, th- I learn all sorts of things. Yeah, I'll give you an example. We, we wrote, Kathleen and I had a website in a different industry, which we, we're not involved in anymore. And we did a blog post about two and a half, three years ago. And it had one word in it, which was the trade name of a product that was featured in all sorts of exhibitions within a week of us doing that blog post. Purely chance, We didn't know this was coming. It was featured on TV and people started searching for that keyword, and our traffic went up. I, I can't tell you how many hundred percent from that one keyword. And we still have the website. We're not doing anything with it, but two and a half, three years later, it is still getting hits, eighty to hundred hits every day on that keyword. So yeah. it shows you the power of getting one one thing right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you never know that was
2: what's going to rank. So that's that why. <laughs>
0: Quite phenomenal. So I've got a question for you. You, You've been in this game since 2007. And so you've obviously dealt with a lot of businesses. So if we move away from the technical side for a moment, amongst all the the businesses that you've worked with and, and business people and entrepreneurs, would you say there's a single characteristic or mindset that differentiates the successful ones from those who remain average? And I don't just mean about making money. I mean, building a good business, having a good life balance and all that sort of thing. Is there something particular in your mind?
2: Um, yeah, so I would say like delegating and having a team of people to help you out because if you're just one person shop or try and run it all, it's going to be tough trying to yep. run your website, updating your product inventory or updating your services on your website, making sure everything's accurate, doing social media posting on like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and Pinterest and LinkedIn and it just goes on and on and on and there's a lot so trying to get others to help you out with like paid ads and things like that where it may not be your expertise and then they can really focus on the business which I've learned Mm -hmm. as a business owner myself over the years is get other people to help you out with stuff that you're not necessarily best at because they'll help save you a lot of time
0: all oh, for energy
2: sure. And headaches. Like building a website. I built my own websites because I've never found a reliable web developer. It's kind of always, for some reason, they're a little flaky, but learn learned doing it myself, which I wish I could find someone to do it for me because it's kind of tricky. It's not easy. Even with WordPress yeah. or Shopify and Wix and Squarespace, it's still a learning curve that you have to take to build that yeah. website.
0: Yeah, we've been there too. Don't worry. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. That's so, right. But here's another one for you on websites and thinking SEO. Does the theme you use on a website influence SEO or not really?
2: No, the template layout structure. It doesn't matter if you're using WordPress or Wix or Shopify. I mean, WordPress is probably a little bit better just because it's more SEO friendly, but they're all yeah. good for the most part. And it really comes down to you utilizing the One. website properly, putting the keywords in the right areas. It doesn't matter what template or how it's built for the most part. Sure, Google could read it unless it's like Flash or something like that. Then Google has some trouble, but... For the most part, as long as you just properly put the keywords in the right places, that's all that matters to Google.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be the case, but uh, other people have asked me and I didn't have, uh, I'm not an expert on that. So, oh yeah, well, thanks for that, Brendan. That's very interesting. Kathleen, back to you.
1: And unfortunately, Brendan, we're almost out of time. You, can you tell us how uh, people can contact you?
2: Yeah, so everyone that's listening or watching, I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website, seooptimizers.com, forward slash gift, they can find that there. That's dot scom forward slash gift. And they can find that there and all my contact information as well.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. We will put that on there. Thank you very much. And uh, again, for those who are not watching the video, if you're listening to the audio, all these details will be in the description for you. So hop along to Brandon's website. I've been there several times. It's really good and worthwhile looking at. Yes. Thanks, Brendan. Thank you very you much,
1: Brendan. And uh, thank you all once again for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care. Bye bye, everyone.